this is Ariel from 3AE or God is greater than anything and everything. And I don't really know what to title today quite yet. But I guess I just kind of want to start off with some imagery. Let's say you have a plant. Maybe it's a house plant. Maybe it's in your backyard. I don't know. Wherever you want to put your plant. And it's growing. It has beautiful leaves. It has some strong stems. All of that gorgeous stuff. But, you know, after a few days, you notice it starts to get a little limp. You notice its leaves and its flowers start to face the dust. It looks really depressing, quite frankly. And so, what do you do with it? Do you throw it out? <laughs> do you say that this was a useless endeavor? Do you repot it? Do you put it in the sun? Or is your first thought to water it because you're thinking, oh, it's been a few days. I haven't watered it. I hope you would think to water it. Granted, I mean, if it's winter or something, maybe you're thinking, like, let me put it in the sunlight if it wasn't already in the sunlight. But I wanted you to take the route of let's water it. All right, why am I going there? You'll see. So <laughs> um, when I think back to 2019 and 2020, really even parts of 2018, if I'm being honest, Probably my whole life. I don't know, y'all. When I think back <laughs> to these seasons of my life, there are times that I would receive, receive a word from God. Whether it was, you know, somebody giving me a prophetic word or me hearing a sermon and I knew it was just for me. I knew it was perfectly crafted for me. Or, you know, just sitting in prayer, seeking the Lord's face and hearing him speak to me about me. I would know that there was something that he was saying and, you know, it would quicken me. It would make me, make me feel like my season of process was coming to an end. It would make me feel like, you know, the things that I've been waiting for, I was finally going to see. But then even a few moments later, I would be dejected, more dejected than when I started, more in pain, more upset, feeling like some way, like God was just going to, leave me feeling like the Lord was trying to wait me out instead of giving me a promise so that I would disqualify myself these are real thoughts I had I remember sitting in my backyard and praying and praying and praising and just being so hurt and then you know the Lord said something out of my mouth I'm not gonna say what it was because it's not for you to know but he said something and I knew it was a word because it wasn't something that I would think to pray or think to declare of myself. And as soon as I heard it, I, you know, I started praising God. And then the next thing I know, I was getting depressed all over again. Like, well, God, why isn't it happening now? Why did you let it get this far? Why are you letting me suffer instead of just doing that thing if you're promising it to me? And it was like the praise had never happened. It was like I would just be angry or... I think back to an event I volunteered at church and someone stopped me and gave me a word. And again, I received it excitedly. I was joyful. I was so happy to hear that thing because I was just really convinced that it meant that my season that I was struggling with was coming to an end. But on the drive home, I found myself crying again. I found myself crying in my house the next day feeling as if 
you know, if God, you feel this way and you think this way, why hasn't it come to pass? Because I also feel this way. So why haven't you just done it? You just have a carrot on a stick and you, you're just leading me on. It's not going to happen. Why are you doing this to me? That's genuinely how I felt. And I'm not saying that to accuse God because I'm not. I'm saying it because I know somebody who's hearing this has felt that way. I'm saying it because my testimony is for you. Like I've been saying. And I'm saying it because my pastor was preaching. And he said something that just kind of triggered me. I'm sorry for the weird pauses, y'all. I'm going <laughs> to get my thoughts together. My pastor was preaching the parable of the sword. It wasn't the main thing he was talking about. But, you know, the Lord led him on this tangent. And it just kind of made me remember some things. So I'm going to start off by reading the parable of the sword. I'm going to talk about some other relevant things. And we'll probably come back to that house plan of yours that you needed to water. So let's start off with Mark 4 verses 3 to 8. And then also verses 14 and 15. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit, that sprang up, and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. Going down to verses 14 and 15. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. If God has made you a promise, again, whether it was by a sermon, a prophetic word, something he told you in prayer or while you were worshiping, your enemy is going to come soon after. My pastor said it so eloquently. If you're mad within 15 minutes, you know <laughs> it's the devil. It's one of them. It's somebody from hell knocking on your door trying to jack your seed. It just is what it is. And so don't be shocked when you get hit with this wave of fear or this wave of, con wave of consideration or doubt, unbelief, because it's an attack. But don't just sit there and say, oh, that's a fowl trying to take my seed. Oh, that's so sad. No, do something about it. Don't just sit there. Beat back the bird. Beat it back. Tell it to go somewhere. And so let's talk about the time that Abram beat back the birds. If we go to Genesis 15 verses 9 to 11, it says, And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another. But the, ver the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. So pretty much what's happening here is that the Lord has called Abram. He was Abram still at that point in time. He calls Abram to give a sacrifice, and it's really a sign of a covenant. And at the sign of this covenant, these fowls of the air, I'm just assuming that they're probably like vultures or something like it. I don't know. It's just the first... If, I mean, granted, I'm sure other birds would probably try to eat carcasses, but 
I don't like vultures. They're ugly. So, I mean, they serve a purpose in, like, the environment. But for the sake of this story, I just feel like demons will look like vultures. But anyway, Abram isn't like, oh, the birds. They're coming at the sacrifice I've set before the Lord. He gets, I'm sad. No, he beats up the birds. Like, just beat it back. And you have tools. The Lord has taught you how to war. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Tell it to go. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. If you can tell a mountain to be thou removed with the faith of the size of a mustard seed, do you think, don't you think, don't you realize, don't you understand that you can do even more to a demon bird? So, in the event that you've gotten a word talking about a shift in your season and you believed it for a moment and next thing you know, you're depressed and telling yourself God doesn't love you and he's not going to do it and you messed up too much and da 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 and all that mess, beat back that bird. It's not you anyway. And speaking of, what's the way that you can beat back that bird? Well, there's actually a few ways you can beat back that bird. So I'm actually going to, we're going to jump around for a second here. I want you to think about that flower too, or whatever your house plan of choice in your imagination was. Let's read Isaiah 55 verses mm -mm -mm, 8 to 11. Okay. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So in this moment, we're also seeing that God's word, not only is it the seed, but it is the water itself. When you think about when Jesus said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's our, that's the Holy Ghost. But his word is the seed and it is also the rain, right? Or it's like unto rain. When we think about it, and again, my pastor said it so beautifully. When you water a plant, it's not that the water gets on the leaves and next thing you know, it's healed from a drought or it's healed from, you know, it's, it's, it's hydrated again. Me throwing water on a tree's leaves is not going to do anything, is it, you know? But that water has to go into the deep places. So you have to let the word of God go into the deep places. You have to let it fall. So he, although he says it won't fall onto the ground, he says it won't fall onto the ground without completing what he sent it out to do so sometimes that word looks like it's not doing a thing you're sitting and you're receiving the word with gladness you're looking at the sky and you're saying to yourself yes it's touching me it's hydrating me but if you're legit like dehydrated let's say you've been running it was field day in elementary school if i threw the gatorade on you the whole thing of gatorade on your body did that help you no you needed to drink it if you're in the middle of a desert, are you just going to pour the water on your face? No, you're going to drink it. It needs to hydrate you from the inside. It needs to do something in those deep unseen places. And then once it's hydrated, those vital organs, it'll come out and be fruitful where everybody can see. You need to heal the things that people can't see. You need to let him in the secret places. The word has to do a thing in the secret places, but you're looking for the fruit in the external. So if, for instance... You know, you might want your leaves to be better off. You might want them to be healthy and happy and all of that stuff where everybody can see it. But if your roots have nothing, you destroy the whole root system. 
And you need to make sure not only are your roots deep, but they are expansive. When I grew up, or as I was growing up, at one point we lived at this house and there was this huge oak tree in the front yard and it had some roots that were like above ground. And granted, I was like four or five, so you know, if I wasn't paying attention, it was easy for me to trip over these roots. And so you need to have your roots up, you know, enough for you to catch even the slightest hint of dampness in the atmosphere. You need to be able to catch a word, but you also need to be able to drive those roots deep so that you're anchored in the earth, so that you're good ground and that you can call unto deep so that you can pull and, 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 and just draw water from even the hidden places where other people won't dare to go. You can be hydrated. When you think about it, if you've ever seen like how Florida is set up, like it has an aquifer. Is it an aquifer? I think it's an aquifer. <laughs> it has an aquifer and there's a water table and all this groundwater. You need your roots to go into that groundwater where other people might not even have the, 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 the drive to get to. So how do you water yourself? Again, he says, my word goeth forth and it brings this fruit. So, okay, let's think about this. You said your word is the seed, Lord, but you're saying it's the water. God gave you a promise. That thing, that promise that you're standing on, that promise that you're believing for is growing, right? That's why you're struggling. If you didn't believe in anything God said, you wouldn't even be contending for this thing. So this tree, let's just say, I don't know what you're believing for. And I'm not about to tell you what I'm believing for. (laughs) But let's just say, I don't know. But either way, God, there's a tree. God has sown something into your life. He's told you it's coming and you are holding on to it. This thing is, it's a little sapling now. It's a small little plant. It has, again, some, it might have some slightly woody stems, but maybe its stems are still green, but you know, it's there, but it's not a mighty oak tree that's been there for a hundred years or something, right? And your tree starts to just fall on its face. Like I said earlier, your plant is falling on its face. Do you throw out the plant? Do you throw out the seed? Do you curse God and throw out the seed and say this seed is useless? No, you water the plant. Water the plant with the written word of God. So in that instance, back then, back in, it was like February, January, I don't know, but it was 2020, this particular instance I'm thinking about. You know, I was really convinced that somehow, some way, I was going to mess up and disqualify myself from everything that God had promised me, even though I came back and I repented because I was believing for a promise. And one of the things that God kept reminding me of was just like, David, like, God loved David and David was flawed, y'all. And let me just kind of show you something about David. I mean, you probably already know um, it's in, it's in Samuel. Let me go to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Second Samuel 7. Okay, so at this point, right, um, David hasn't messed around with Bathsheba. He's just become king. And, you know, David was just like, I have this huge mansion, kingdom, whatever it is. And God doesn't have a house. He still just has a tent of meeting. I want to build him a house. And so God is just like, in love, I mean, granted, he already loved him, but God is honoring the fact that David desires to honor him. And the Lord says to him about his son, about his lineage that was sit on David's throne, because he's also promising him that he will never not have a representative on the throne, someone as king. And the Lord says unto him, but my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, 
whom I put away before thee. Why is this important? Because we all know that Jesus came through David's lineage. We also know that all of us have been grafted in because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We also should know that we are kings and priests. And so that would mean what? That we're royalty, which means that we also have a throne, which means that it won't be taken away from us as it was from Saul because that's what he promised. David, am I right? Am I right about it? I think I'm right about it. So if you have to sit and recite that word, that promise to yourself, then do so. If you have to go and find a promise that was given to Israel, do it. Because whatever Abraham was given, we've been grafting into that. Like, just like, uh, what is it? John the Baptist said to the Pharisees that God is able to raise up uh, sons unto Abraham of these stones or something like that. Uh, God can do it. If he's promised somebody else before, he's promised it to you. That's a part of being grafted in. Don't let somebody tell you, well, promise was only given to the Hebrews. No, bruh. <laughs> it was given to us too. We've been grafted in. We're not in it because of like lineage or heritage. I mean, adopted lineage and heritage. So anyway, point is, you have to water it. So God has given you a promise, however he revealed it to you. But you need to contend for it and you need to water it. Otherwise, it's going to look limp. It's not going to grow and it's not going to get to the point of fruitfulness. You might have it. It might be growing. You have a tree, but what can it do? How can it help other people? And let me just kind of go back to Isaiah for a second. I just I just want to hit y'all like a double whammy or I don't even know how many whammies we are at, the, at this point. But anyway, again, let's read this again. He says, wait, wrong page. He says, um, mm-mm-mm. When he says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So you have a seed and it, of course, can bring forth fruit. But it does need some support to bring forth that fruit for you to continue getting more seed and for you to continue eating off of that original seed, you need some water. God has given you a promise, but are you stewarding it? Are you being a good husbandman? Are you doing what you have to do? Are you making sure it's getting water? Are you reading your word? Are you spending time in his face? Are you spending time in his presence? So even when I think about a lot of the words I've received, especially if they, you know, God used a messenger, that person had to allow God to water them or they had to go sit in their Bible and just read and be watered for them to even be in a place to reveal something to me. And then they were able to sow a word into me. But then I now have to go water the thing that was sown into me so that it can be fruitful. Even in this moment, as I'm sharing my testimony with you, I am planting a seed in your life. But are you going to go water it? God isn't out to get you. He isn't trying to disqualify you, but he is trying to break that other thing off of you. There's going to come a point as you continue to read your word and seek his face that something just breaks, breaks off, not in you, but breaks off of you. I mean, maybe it breaks out of you too. I don't know. But there comes a point where there's a faulty mindset that you have that it can't go with you. 
There's a faulty belief system that you've operated in and it can't go with you. I can't continue believing that promises will always be broken just because of what my earthly father did. Because it's going to make me look at that and my father God sideways. I was going to say daddy God, but same thing. It'll make me look at him funny and he hasn't done anything for me to, to look at him sideways. I can't continue thinking that there is a different standard for me. And I mean, granted, there is as a daughter of God, but there isn't like everybody else gets away with everything and there's grace for everybody but me. That's not true. There's grace for me. It doesn't mean I have to go out and abuse it and act a plump fool. That's not what I'm supposed to do. But I have to also believe that he's forgiven me because if I stay in a place of not forgiving myself, then... I can't receive anything from him. I'm holding on too tightly to my sin. I'm holding on too tightly to the uh, to a past that he's not even concerned with. And if he would do it for one, why wouldn't he do it for me? And so this is a pretty quick one. I don't intend to go too, too long, but I just, oh, and then also think about your plant, right? So water it, right? And then once you water it, it gets big and strong all over again. You see it kind of rise. You see it look a little bit more regal. And now let's say your plant, I don't know, we're just choosing random plants. Let's say it was a sunflower. Your sunflower is no longer all depressed. Its face is actually facing the sun. So you need to water yourself with the word of God. You need to let his written word, you need to let it water. You need to speak to him. You need to worship him. You need to praise him. You need to be in his face. So that you can be strengthened from the deep places out, not from the outer portions inward, right? Go to the deep first. Let him heal the deep things first because that's where a lot of your turmoil is coming from is the deep places, the things that you're so ignorant of because somebody else sold a tear before you even knew how to spell your own name. And so you're just struggling. But anyway, point is, let him do that thing. Let him strengthen you from the inside by way of his word. In the places where nobody can see that all they can do is, well, they can't see those things. They just see the expression of it later when it manifests for, you know, everybody's sight. And then once you do that, you're able to see his face without it hurting you. What do I mean by that? So in these seasons where I wasn't, I was only like maybe professing the promise to myself, but, you know, and granted that can get you through, but not always the other things I needed to hear. I needed the promise, but... I needed to know who I was in him, who I am in him. And so let's say I hear a word, a promise, and I'm waiting. I want it to come in the next five minutes. If one of my brothers or sisters in Christ would get another word and a manifestation of that thing so fast, just with extreme acceleration, I would feel even more dejected. I would feel even more rejected, unloved, just bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray because, God, you promised me this thing and you promised them this thing and why is it coming to them so quickly? You say, how how, how am I not supposed to believe that, you know, you just don't want to do it for me? I wouldn't be able to rejoice with them that did rejoice. I wasn't happy with them. I was upset. I felt like, God, all this is doing is proving that there is something I'm doing wrong or that somewhere along the way I truly have disqualified myself and you won't just tell me and God, I can't stand it and it would hurt. 
I could not see his goodness, even watching him be good to other people. And I couldn't perceive his goodness for myself in my own life in that season. And watching him be good to other people, it hurt. And it's the same way. If you have a plant that doesn't have any water, you put it in the sun, all you're going to do is singe it. And so I wasn't given energy. I wasn't quickened by those testimonies. So in order for you to be quickened and have your faith even leap, have your baby leap, you need to make sure that in those deep places, you're hearing his word, you're reciting his word, you're talking to him, you're getting to know him in secret, those secret places. You're communing with him so that you can be happy with your brothers and sisters as their blessings come. So that it's not something that, you know, pokes and prods at you and makes you feel like you're less than. You need to do this for you. And again, it's not because God is trying to hurt you, but he is trying to pull the thing that's hurting you out of you. Because even if he blessed you with the thing that you're waiting on, if your mind wasn't right, you still wouldn't be able to perceive it. When I think back to before the start of my process, like the end of 2018, I was blessed. I mean, I'm still blessed, but I was in a really good place. But I was just so convinced that God was always moving the finish line for me. Even before I did something stupid, <laughs> I was just convinced that like I wasn't good enough. That everybody else was good enough. And I mean, in that season, God was doing so much for me. And I just couldn't see it. I felt less than. And so before he does this next big move in my life, he wanted to take the scales off of my eyes. He wanted me to be able to see him for who he truly is. And I want the same for you. I want you to be able to see him. I want you to be able to believe him. And I want it to not hurt so badly. And I know it might sound like I'm rambling in. This one was probably legitimately my most, <laughs> um, or the, the, the most convoluted, but it's just the truth. You have a promise. He's giving you a promise. And it takes a while for that thing to come to maturity. And while you are waiting for it to come to maturity, while you're waiting for this prophecy, this, this thing, whatever it might be, to come to pass, you need to just continue reading the word <laughs> and praying it through. And of course, you know, and this is what's so crazy, is my pastor told me to do this. And I did not want to hear it at all, <laughs> whatsoever. I didn't want to hold on to it. And there were days where... You know, I would recite every promise I had been given and it was hard because I wasn't seeing them yet. And so what I would just add to that is, you know, of course, do it for this. I mean, do it for the sake of your relationship with God. But remember that you do have a promise, but fill yourself up on the word, not just that word as you're waiting for this thing to mature. Of course, continue to decree it, continue to declare it, continue to agree with God concerning this thing. But you also need to speak to whatever in you or is around you that's trying to make you consider otherwise. So whatever the doubt is, have, find us a, a, a word that contends with that doubt. You know, whatever that fear is, find something that counteracts that fear. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Find something 
that you can hold on to to help you fight for that word. Because right now the promise isn't mature enough. I mean, the hope of it, yeah, in the spirit is mature enough. But right now you have to use some other tools to beat back those birds. Like Abraham didn't beat back the fowls of the air with the carcasses. At least I'm assuming he didn't. He probably used his coat or something. So beat him back with a different tool. Beat him back with a different word. Beat him back with your shield of faith. Stab at him with the sword of the spear. Do something. But don't just sit there and take it like a punk. I'm just saying, like, don't do yourself like that. Um, so, yeah. Like I said, this is pretty convoluted. Um, I can't tell y'all how many times I tried to record this. I sounded even more ridiculous to others. I think I just, I'm just sleepy, y'all. But I wanted to share this. Um, and I'm still waiting on some things. And it's okay. But I'm also realizing just how blessed I am. Even as, you know, things would have looked pretty bleak. To kind of give you context. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, granted, like I said, I don't know if I'm supposed to be, like, anonymous-ish. I don't know. But if you know me, you know me. If you hear this, you might recognize some of the stuff I say if you don't recognize my voice already. But prime example. God told me to get rid of my couch. <laughs> um, he told me to get rid of my couch. And I'm just like, well, okay, God's told me to get rid of a few things. The first thing he told me to get rid of was my mattress. So when he told me to get rid of my mattress, the first night I slept on my floor. And the reason I slept on my floor was because there was somebody else in my church who they said that their mattresses had been like so messed up that it was more comfortable for them to sleep on their floor. And then like God ended up coming through, they got like a great deal on mattresses or whatever for their household. And so I slept on the floor. I was like, God, you told me to get rid of this mattress. So as far as I'm concerned, it's already gone. I'm going to sleep on this floor. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> so the next night, I slept on my couch. The third night, someone contacted me and they gave me money for a new mattress. I was able to replace my mattress, replace my sheet, my pillows, everything, and even get the mattress taken away from my property because of that blessing and so that was the first thing and then after that there were just other things that God was telling me to just like clear out of my house and so I did that um old books I had a garbage can full of books that I was attached to books that I always use as like an avoidance or an escapist tactic and God said like that those are a crutch get rid of them and I just got excited and I threw them all out all of them in the garbage and God just kept showing me more things as I would throw out stuff. And I had a lot of books, y'all. Like, I had a bookshelf, and I was really into, like, you know, YA, uh, fiction, fantasy, dystopian stuff growing up. And I still had all of my books. Threw them all out. I felt so bad for my garbage man because, like, they still do stuff manually, but whatever. Then God told me one of the biggest things he told me to get rid of uh, was my couch. And... That one, that, that one, I was like, well, God, <laughs> um, I really liked my couch, but he said to get rid of it. And part of the reason he told me to get, I'm not going to tell you why I'm going to get rid of it, but he told me to get rid of it because of something I had spoken over the couch. It wasn't because of anything I did, but it was because of something I spoke over the couch. And, um, and so I did. 
And I mean, it just, I didn't feel like I had to throw it away. I just felt like I couldn't have it. And so I gave away my couch because he told me to. And um, I was like, well, you told me to get rid of the couch, so you must have another plan in mind. There was a couch I was looking at. And mind y'all, <laughs> on paper, I can't afford this stuff. I'm legitimately just doing this because God is telling me to. Um, he told me to get a new couch and I was looking online. There was, I was looking at like a crate and barrel, I think a lounge too. And I was like, God, this is expensive, but I couldn't just, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't commit to it. It was nice. I liked how deep it was, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. So then I just prayed. I was like, God, I don't even know why I'm telling y'all this. <laughs> but I started praying about it. And I said, God, where would you want to meet with me? What is a couch that you find beautiful? What is a couch that you would see as a throne? Where is some place you just want to sit and kick it with me as your daughter? Where? What kind of couch do you like for this house? This is your house, God. You've gifted me with this house. What do you want it to look like? And I think within that day, I saw a couch from a brand I'd never heard of. And put in my order <laughs> um I think I put in my order probably like by the end of the day I wasn't expecting it to go so fast and also right now I don't know when you listen to this but right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm not sure if it's just like furniture always takes this long to be ready or if it's just that like everybody's buying furniture for their houses because we're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody just wants to be somewhere comfortable but either way the couch I ended up picking and the color I got in like three weeks Whereas all the other things I've been looking at were like going to take a minute. And so just the fact that I wasn't sitting on my floor for long. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for that. But if God would have told me to do that in 2020, I wouldn't have had the faith for it. But you know what? Maybe I would have. I really don't know. Because in, well, it was still 20. Was it? No, it was 2021 already. It was, I don't know, y'all. Anyway, but also, even back in 2019, God told me to replace my car. And again, I wasn't in a financial position as far as I was concerned to do that. But he told me to do it. And I remember just sitting there and praying about it. And I remember hearing him just saying it as clear as day. This is your Goliath. Are you going to trust me or no? And so I bought the car. And haven't missed any payments, haven't gone without, everything has worked out beautifully, worked out gloriously, worked out to his glory. And it's not because of anything I, y'all, it's all God. Because as far as I'm concerned, like none of this stuff should be staying afloat. It doesn't make sense, but he's really just that good. And so even right now, I come against any spirit of just cursing, any witchcraft spirits, any witchcraft just people, any witches or warlocks who want to just come against this in the name of Jesus, you're not going to get to curse me. No, you don't have any authority to do that. This is what God has promised me and it's just coming to pass. This is what he wants from me. It's just my promise. And, but I wouldn't have been able to receive this thing with a different mindset. And so you just have to believe that he cares for you. You have to believe 
that everything he's doing is truly for your good. You have to believe that his ways are sovereign and that there's wisdom in them. You have to believe that his ways have love in them. You have to believe that. Um, and so, yeah, I got a new car. My house is pretty much newly furnished um, unexpectedly. And it's just new. It's just new. And it's just light. And I'm just happy about it. And he's just really good. And so I just want you to know he's good. I want you to know that there's a reason for everything. And he's not trying to torture you. But that that mindset that you have right there that makes you believe that, that's what he's getting rid of. And so just... Let him do it. Just let him do it. Just rest in it. And I hope this makes sense. <laughs> I hope it didn't go too far off the rails for you to understand. But, yeah, God is just really good. He's going to keep his promise. You need to fight for it, though. And it's going to be okay. We're going to get there. We're not disqualified. We're going to get there. If you're listening to this, you're not disqualified. I'm just going to say that in faith. You're not disqualified. I'm going to believe that you're not disqualified. So just believe them. But yeah, that's my message for today. I think. Um, again, this is RL from 3AE, where God is greater than anything and everything. I haven't quite decided on the title. I still don't think. Did I tell you a title? I don't know. God is greater than you. His ways are greater than yours. God's, God is greater than your ways. He's greater than your thoughts. He's greater than a lot. And so, yeah. <laughs> this is, again, me not knowing how to say bye, y'all. But I truly do love you. I truly do hope that I pray that my experiences bless you and I hope that if you see myself or see yourself in my experiences and in my thoughts that you get to come out of it a lot faster than I did and even just oh okay before I get off (laughs) I love this parable um and I just want to encourage you in it because it's something that even as I was dealing with this season, or I don't even say dealing, as I was growing in this season, it scared me for a second. Um, is that it? I don't think it's it. Hold on. It might be this one. Um... Sorry, y'all. Just kind of, I just want to edit. <laughs> if it, I hope it's the right one. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Okay, I'm going to read you Matthew 21 to 16. So this is our last bit of time. I, I never go as like short as I think I'm going to go. But anyway, for the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers unto his, into his vineyard. 
And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And they that came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not, didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto, unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. So... All I'm saying in this particular moment, or all I feel like the Spirit is telling me to tell you right now, is, okay, you might be looking at my process, and you might be saying to yourself, Ariel of 3AE, you've been dealing with this since 2018. My process has just started. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I don't know how long your process is going to be. Quite frankly, I remember when my pastor was giving a testimony, and that process was like six months, and I didn't even want to wait six months, and low-key, it's been longer than six months. But what I'm saying is with that particular process, that particular season that they went through, but what I'm saying right now is do not compare your time to my time. We have elders who have been waiting on a thing for probably longer than some of us have been alive. And that doesn't disqualify us just because our wait was a year. It doesn't just it doesn't disqualify you because your wait might have been a month and mine has been however long it's been. I don't know how long it's been. But that doesn't disqualify you. Whatever God has agreed to give you, whether it's the same wage as mine, whether you have the same promise as me or something else, he's going to give it to you. So don't you sit and say to yourself, well, it has to take this long. No, if God is going to do some stuff with some acceleration in this season, you receive it. Don't you let anything or anybody or any shame tell you differently. So my brothers, my sisters, whoever, when I see you, if I see you, if I ever know that I'm in your, in your presence, I am not going to argue with God because he blessed you at the same time as me. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to glorify him. If I had to work in the heat of the day, even if I worked in the heat of the day, if that benefited you, so be it. You don't have to suffer. <laughs> and that's just it. So be it. Because Jesus suffered so that I don't have to. So who am I to tell you as my brother or as my sister that you didn't hurt long enough. No, you stand on my shoulders. You stand on whatever you have to stand on. And if God blesses you speedily, so be it. Let's bless his name and I praise him for it. I praise him and I thank him that my tears were enough for the both of us. I praise him and I thank him that there was a way made out of no way. I praise him and I thank him. That even in this moment, granted, I'm not your spiritual, I mean, I don't think I am. I, I didn't birth you in the spirit, but I praise him and I thank him that there's even an inheritance for you by way of what he's brought me through if this blesses you. So 
Don't worry about it. Don't sit and say, Grandma had to wait this long or she had to wait this long and Pop Pop never got it. No. It's yours. Receive it. And don't let somebody else's perception of time knock you out. God is outside of time anyway. So, yeah. That's the parable of the sower. It's in Matthew 20. Not the sower. The, I don't know what you call it. The parable of the hired laborers. At least that's what this Bible says. The parable of the penny. Whatever you want to call it. He is going to give you what he has promised you. Don't sit and think that because I'm talking about a process that started in 2018 that you by default have to walk this thing out until 2022. I don't know what God has for you. I don't know his plan for you. But don't fret. Because whatever he's doing is for a reason. It's going to quicken you. It's going to strengthen you. And granted, I know I hated hearing it at the time. When people would say, I don't regret it. The process was the best thing that ever happened to me. It truly was. It truly has been. And the quicker that you stop getting angry at the process and you accept that there is something that you have an enemy and he's put some tears in you and that your perception of reality is off and God is trying to pull that out, I promise you the better off you'll be. So, okay. This time, I think I'm actually saying bye. <laughs> I got excited there. Um, but God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Whatever is yours is yours. I can't jack your promise. It's not going to happen. God is good. I'm not about to disqualify you from it and anybody else who tries to like they're lying. Now, if you know that you're out of the will, get in it. Repent. Come back to where God is. He is not obligated to bless you when you're acting a fool. Granted, he reigns from the just and the unjust alike, but do you think he's inclined to rain on his children who are acting up? Do you give candy to the baby who's having the whole tantrum in the middle of the grocery store? No. No. So, like, why would he do it for you? You his. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. But, yeah, granted, he gives us grace. He gives us mercy. But get in alignment. Get in alignment. You'll be, you'll sleep better when you're in alignment. You don't have to question so much. And if you know that, like, right now you say things with your mouth and your heart isn't there, ask God to help you with that. Be straight up with him. God, I'm constantly repenting and taking communion, but low-key, I'm not sorry. And I want to be sorry. I want to not lie when I repent or apologize. I want it to be truthful. Say that. Say what you got to say. You think he's afraid of that? He's not. Um, but anyway, okay, I'm done. That, that, that sleep wave is hitting me again. But anyway, I love you. Um, and you know, I hope peace comes to your house. I hope some peace flows from me into your house. I hope the Lord's peace flows just even under the sound of my voice. I hope peace just rests in your house. Let peace be still in this place. Peace be still. God just flow silence the enemy right now so that your children can hear everything that you want them to hear God I know you hear me and I know that you want to do it and I praise you for it I praise you right now God and I'm going to praise you even louder and even more <laughs> um off of this recording but God I praise you I thank you you are a good father you are the lover of our souls we are the apple of your eye, God. You are just so good. 
Let pieces be here, Lord. Open your arms to them. Let them rest. Let them feel you, Lord God. Envelop your children right now. Hold them. Hold them, God. Hold them. Thank you, Lord. But I love all of you. God loves you even more. I want you to just rest in his presence. Rest in this place. He isn't bound by space or time. There's something right here. Y'all be blessed. Seek his face. Just worship him. His ways are greater than ours. He thinks so highly of you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to mistreat you. He's not going to leave you out. Just hold on. Just hold on. The only requirement is that you hold on and you let him strengthen you. Come to him for strength. Come to him for strength. That strength is going to let you see his face. Let him strengthen you. God, I pray. Y'all, I'm going to end this recording here. And I just pray that you have an encounter with the Lord our God who is greater than anything and everything. And you let him reveal his heart to you. I love you all. Bye.